you know, I have a, I have a set of keys. These are my keys. And uh, most of the keys I have, I know what they go to. I know this here, this round brass one here, that's the church building key. And uh, this one right here, I think it goes to the downstairs door where Derek's office is and to the annex. And I think this brass one right here, I think it goes to uh, the front door of the house, of my house at home. There's a lot of them on here. I don't remember what they go to. You know, uh, I'm just looking through here. I think some of them might be house keys. Uh, some of, I mean, you know, this is the truck key. I know that one. It's distinctive. I mean, you know, some of these I use so much. I know what, I know exactly what that's for. I've even got it on a little different ring. You know, in case I want to, in case I want to go in the church building and leave the vehicle running because I'm just going to be just a minute. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll, I'll leave the truck run, do something like that. But, and the, here's, you know, the church key building to that, I go to, I use that one a whole lot. I know what that one's for. But a lot of these, I hadn't used them in such a long time. I mean, then right there, I have no idea what that one goes to. No idea what in the world. But you know what? I'm not going to throw it away. <laughs> I won't, I'll carry this. When, when I'm dying, in, wherever I'm dying, I'll have that key. Uh, because someday I'll find out what, what it goes to. I'll, you know, it'll, it'll get to something. You got a key for that? Well, hey, this one might fit. You know, it, it's kind of sad to have keys on your ring and you really don't know what they go to. Dana, she's a minimalist when it comes to keys. She's got the car and that's it. That's it. You know, and a lot of you are. A lot of you are minimalists when it comes to key rings. But me, I like, I like to hang on to them because you never know when you might need one. But it, it's kind of sad when you don't know uh, what a key goes to. It's kind of sad when you, when you have a key and you just can't use it. Keys are little small things, aren't they? But, you know, that's, that's a small thing, but it can, it can run a big thing. It can move lots of things. This, this, opens up a, this opens up a door somewhere. This opens up something bigger than itself, even though I don't know what it's for. A lot of us really don't know the keys that we have in the kingdom work that we do. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is the kingdom work that we do. Like I said, it's kind of strange to carry around keys and you don't know what they're for. So I want to look at the keys that we carry around in, in kingdom work and see what they're for. With 2020 vision, we know what one key is for. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, when asked by Jesus, who do you say that I am? Of the disciples, Peter replied, you are the Christ. The Son of the Living God. And Jesus said, Matthew 16, 18, on this truth I will build my church. And look at verse 19, Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus told Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The original word for key here means literally or figuratively a key that has power to open or shut. A key is a small thing that opens big things. Here Peter was given something small that was going to open something big. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter in the first gospel sermon 
with the key of truth that Jesus Christ is God's Son and Savior of all mankind, that he, he died on the cross, that He was buried in a tomb, that He rose again the third day and now sits at the right hand of God. With this key, Peter opens the church that Jesus built. It's amazing that something so small can open something so big. With 2020 vision of the New Testament, we can see this open door and we can see the key players behind the church. Because it says in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, after Peter opened this door, the disciples went out and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. These apostles, they did as they were told to do. They made disciples of all nations, Matthew 28, verse 19. They baptized and taught as they had been commanded to do, teaching what they had been commanded to teach. It was taught, Colossians 1, verse 18, that Christ is the head of the body, the church. It was taught that some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7. God, Jesus Christ, Christians, John 17, Jesus prayed for us to be one, for us to be unified in this work that we do, in this kingdom work. And like Jesus prayed for, working together for a common goal, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, we are all workers together with God. But we don't work out we don't work our way to heaven. There's nothing that you can do to work your way to heaven. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And yet we as key players in the gospel, we, we as key players in the kingdom, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, one verse later says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. That we should walk in them. These were prepared by God beforehand that we should walk in them. Of, of the key motives that we have, as key players, the number one reason we work in the kingdom is so that God gets the glory. That's the number one reason we do what we do in the kingdom so that God gets the glory. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. By abstaining from lust, by honorable conduct, by our good works, those outside Christ... Remember, Christians are those who are inside Christ. Those outside Christ will glorify God. God gets the glory for our good work. That's the way it should be. If we're doing lots of good works, and it's not bad to do good works, but who should get the glory? Who should get the glory? We are to plant and water and put our hand to the plow and not look back, Luke 9, 62. Our faith must have works to have living faith, to be living faith. James chapter 2, verse 17. Without faith, we cannot be pleasing to God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. A key motive for working in the kingdom 
is to prove our love for Jesus. Not only does God glorify it, but we prove our love to Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. We do not love Jesus if we do not keep his words. If anything, today, if anything, if you take anything from this sermon, I want you to fall in love with Jesus Christ this morning. I want you to fall in love with Jesus Christ this morning so much that you'll walk out of here leaving to serve, as the sign says. That you'll walk out, of, walk out of here wanting Jesus to know that you love him and you'll do good works. And you'll do what he says. You'll obey his commandments because you love him. Because you love him. Not because you have to, but because you want to. Daddies, I'm getting off track here just a minute, but daddies, isn't it nice when you tell your children to do something and they do it because they want to, not because you told them to? Isn't that nice to come home and you, you see something done that's part of their job to do and you, have, you didn't have to get on to them at all. It was just, it was just done. Isn't that nice? Hey, how do you think God feels when we as His children do it without being told to? He feels loved. <laughs> That's what he feels. Loved. If anything today, I want you to fall in love with Jesus so much that you'll want to please him and do the work of the kingdom. The key component, the key components in this kingdom work is that each person does his or her part. We've got to do, do our part in the kingdom. When we were baptized into Christ, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, we ceased to be Jew and Greek. We ceased to be slave and free. We ceased to be male and female. We we, We became one in Christ Jesus. We all became one. We're part of the body, the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, Nor again, the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. We're all a part of the body. We need each other. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, do it heartily with all your might, with all your being. We are, Titus 2, verse 14, Christ's own special people, zealous for good works. Let me tell you, church, zeal is contagious. Zeal is contagious. It is not denominational to be happy. Amen? Let me tell you again. Let me say it one more time. It is not denominational to be happy. Enthusiasm, zeal, strong interest, great eagerness. We must be an example of zeal for God. We must tell what we know. We must know what we tell. And do and show Christ in our lives. This comes from the right mindset. And is a key component. The right mindset is is a key component in kingdom work. Uh, Turn to Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. Colossians 3 verse 23. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the, in, of the inheritance. Notice, 
Notice, you'll receive the reward of the inheritance. Notice, for you serve the Lord Christ. We cannot be excited or enthusiastic or zealous about the Lord's work if we're not doing it. There's no way. There's no way we can be excited about work we're not doing. We have got to be involved. We must key on the spiritual things and the physical things that we can do. We've got a key on those things. Sammy Durrett has admonished me more than once. Numbers don't matter. Numbers don't matter. It's about each one of us being right with God. It's about our righteousness. And if we are right with God and we're doing the things of God and we're doing kingdom work, the numbers will come. Sammy's right. If we are right with God, we'll be working in the kingdom. God will get the glory and we will prove our love to Him. That's exciting. A spiritual work we need to be doing is reaching out and restoring the lost. We act sometimes though like we're selling prunes. We have the... We have the best gift for mankind that anybody can have the truth the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and we hold it so many times Paul told Timothy to do the work of an evangelist 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 do the work of an evangelist what what is evangelism what does it mean I read this week of a couple on vacation in Ireland And they were exploring some back roads as they were going through Ireland. And and they were looking for a certain place, Mohill in Ireland, and they got lost. They got turned around. And they saw a farmer leading his cow to pasture. And they stopped him and the wife asked, Sir, we're we're looking for Mohill and we're lost. He said, he smiled, his leathery face smiled, smiled. And he, oh no, you're not lost because you found me. And I know the way. That's what evangelism is. The fact that we know the way to Jesus Christ. And when people need it, they're not lost anymore because we know the way and we can show them where the way is. They only remain lost if they don't do what we say. Evangelism is helping others find their way to heaven. It's not taking the world for Christ, but taking Christ to the world. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In reaching the lost, we must not compromise the truth. We are to contend earnestly for the faith, Jude 3. There are those, though, in our life, in our world, in our, in our social circles who are hungry for the truth. We just don't know it because we had not asked them yet. Oh yes, I, I, get, I know there may be some who will be very standoffish and will not want you to talk to them. Oh, there are people like that, yes. But there are just as many people who want to know the truth and they're seeking for it. And their only opportunity to find it may be us. Maybe us. We have the truth. There's so many ways today to reach folks with the gospel. 
So many ways today to reach folks with the gospel. If, you know, if, if folks like to go to, go to uh, uh, church on TV, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that like to go to church on TV now. They don't go anywhere. Point them to GBN. Find it on, on the cable station where you are, or maybe they've got satellite. Find it on there for them and point them to that. Let them hear, hear Phil Sanders. Let them hear some of the, the greatest preachers in the brotherhood right now telling them the truth. And maybe they'll come out of the house and come to church. We can point folks to World Video Bible School. It's a free Bible school. Did y'all know about it? World Video Bible School. You can hear from the, from the best of the best. The cream of the crop in the brotherhood. You can, you can have free Bible studies. You can point people to these free Bible studies. Get acquainted with it. You can, you can use this to teach people in other places. Your friends who live in other cities. They have a free searching for the truth online videos. Free. It's free. That teach the gospel. We can send out like we're doing here in the month of May and June. We can send out house to house, heart to heart. You know, house to house, heart to heart. Every issue has the gospel plan of salvation in it. Corinth sends it out. They send it out to a certain uh, group here. We could join with Corinth in sending it out as well. It, it, it points when, when Corinth sends out house to house, heart to heart, it has the gospel plan of salvation in it. And it tells folks where they can reach Corinth, Church of Christ. And we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing. We can participate with a float at the parades. It's seen by hundreds because of, because of uh, Duck Dynasty and Mountain Man this year. It may be seen by thousands. They may even put this on TV. And, and guess what? Fountainhead is going to have a float there with the steps of salvation on it. And you can be a part of that. We could set up a booth at these festivals that we have in Portland. We have lots of festivals at Portland. Set up a booth with free things for the kids, and while the kids are doing the free things, we can be talking to the parents about the gospel. The 52, Highway 52 yard sale, we could set up a free table with, with all kinds of literature. You, you know, at, at, a, at a yard sale, people like the word free. Don't you think we'd get a lot of people to stop at the 52-yard sale if we had a, had a table out there with free on it? We can engage many with Bible studies. We have three great ones available here. Three great Bible studies available here. The Open Bible Study, the, the We Care Bible Study, Jewel Miller Bible Study, if you don't know how to do one of those, please ask me. If you want to know how to use them, because they're so easy. They're so easy to use. If you don't know how to use one of those, come to me. I'd be glad to show you how to use them. They are. They're real easy to use. When Saul became Paul, he was persecuting the church. In Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, those who scattered went everywhere preaching the Word. They went everywhere preaching the Word. Speaking of spiritual work, we not only need to evangelize, we need to edify one another. Romans chapter 14 verse 19 says, We are to follow after the things which make for peace and things which we can edify one another with. 
It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Build each other up. We need, not only do we need to evangelize, but we need to encourage and, and build each other up as well. And that's one of our jobs. It's, one, it's kingdom work. Encourage each other to be happy for each other. We can feed the congregation with, with tracts. We can feed the congregation, as the elders already do, with, with Bible classes. Hey, let's have another Bible class. We just started the one with Danny. It's good. Nod your head if you think it's so. And you go to that class. It's good, isn't it? And have another one. There's so many things that we can do to encourage one another. Phone calls, letters, cards. How you doing cards? Just talking with each other. Having fellowship downstairs in the annex. Having fellowship out here in the front. Don't leave so quick. Talk to somebody. Encourage each other. Just by you being here today, I'm encouraged. Think outside the box. Think outside the box. I forget there's a commercial on TV right now, and there's this guy, I think he's staying at La Quinta Inn or something like that, and he's thinking outside the box. He's been, he's, he's been rested so much, he can think outside the box. And all of his co-workers, they're in this little box. They're standing, and one fellow thinks about getting out of it, and no, he don't want to get out of it. It's funny, pretty funny. But the guy, he's thinking outside the box. We have so many here who are thinking outside the box. You know, in the, in the foyer, we've got a bucket. That used to be my uncle's old magazine bucket. That's what that bucket is. My Uncle Jack. Okay, that was, and I didn't know where to put it at the house. I had no place to put it at the house, and I had no place to put it in my office. So I put it in the foyer, and I put Gospel Advocate magazines and Think magazines and old periodicals. I put them in there, and you can take them at your leisure, and you can read them. And guess what? You can take that, and you can read that article, and you can give it to somebody. What a better, what better opening to start a religious or a spiritual conversation with someone? Is hey, you know, I read this and I thought about you. Read this. Tell me what you think. I challenge every elder and deacon to take a look at each person here and see how they could help in your area. Stop trying to do it all alone. I know you guys. Y'all are doing a lot of this stuff alone. Brother Shockley prayed this morning. He prayed this morning that a lot of you men, a lot of you men here, that you would be thinking about, he prayed for the eldership, that there would be somebody coming up to fill the shoes. You know, George Jones died this week. He had an old song, Who's Going to Fill Their Shoes? He was talking about country music. James prayed to God very, very much the same question, asking us, who's going to fill these elder shoes when they're gone? Which one of you men, which one of you married men with children are going to be able to fill their shoes? He's praying for you. He's asking God to help you make up those decisions in your life. Encourage the people to do things. Deacons find people. Encourage them to do things. You know, when, when, when we have things that we can do, we feel better about what the, the work we're involved with. We feel better. All of us should think the best of each other first. Think the best of each other first and, and, and build, build each other up and not tear each other down. Key on the spiritual and the physical things we can do. We have a strong benevolence area and Bill and Dwayne they do a great job and we're to do good unto all Galatians 6 verse 10 especially those of the household of faith we have we've helped with bills we've helped with the food pantry but you know what we could have a we could have a clothing pantry 
We could. We could have a clothing pantry. But somebody's got to do it. Bill and Dwayne don't have time to do that. The elders don't have time. I don't, I don't have time to do that. But somebody could do that. Somebody could get involved with that. We're doing our brethren a disservice by doing everything. We are. We could go around and collect, go around to businesses. We could go around to businesses and collect applications from those businesses. And then when somebody comes in and they need a job, hey, give them a packet of information. They could fill out and get a job. We have an application for benevolence that funnels those who really need help to get the right help that we need. And we could use our talents to get the word out and give God the glory. I'm not saying, I said this in class this morning. I'm not saying, I'm not saying a bad thing about Portland Cares. Please do not run out here and say Chad did something, said something terrible about Portland Cares. I hate it that I have to give a disclaimer before I say anything. Y'all should know me well enough before I say something like this. But Portland Cares is a good organization. But you know what? When somebody goes to Portland Cares to get help, who gets the glory? It ain't God. I'm not saying that it's the wrong thing. I'm not saying Portland Cares is not a good thing. I'm not saying we should not contribute. But I'm saying let's do the same thing and give God the glory. There are ladies here who make pillows for the elderly and for those in the hospital. Over and over and over the thank yous come in. They're not, they're not read every time that a thank you comes in. I haven't told from the pulpit every time that an older person or somebody that's been in the hospital has said, I really appreciated that pillow with a little tag on it that says, We care. Fountainhead Church of Christ cares. Over and over they do that. People are thinking outside the box. The little bags, the little bags, they're in your bulletin right now. The little bags are needed for when, for, for when someone has a little child that comes in and they're a visitor, they can get one of these little bags. We need crayons. How can you help get some crayons? There's people who are thinking outside the box right now. The, 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 the wings class on Wednesday night is thinking outside the box. They're saying, give us some water. We'll put these cards on the water bottles and hand them out while people are running at the, at the strawberry stride. That's thinking outside the box, folks. That's awesome. That's awesome. How can you help? Bring water. Bring crayons. When asked to help, do it gladly. With a smile on your face. Build each other up. One physical thing that has a spiritual application that we can do, that we're all supposed to do, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, is to give of our means every Sunday. We're to give. It's a command. It's a part of our spiritual well-being. well-being. We're to give as we've prospered. But all that I've mentioned today, it needs money. It needs money to, to move. It needs money to go on. And so we must not shirk that. If you're in key, if you're in key with all that I've said today, you're excited. You're ready. You're ready to go out and do what you can. Tell one of the elders, tell one of them, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do such and such. And then go do it with all your heart. Be proactive. Those out of key with all I've said today, well, they're ready for me to sit down.
But not before I tell you about the, the master's key. Not before I tell you about that. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and in and find pasture. We must do all in the name of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 19, Jesus gave Peter the keys of the kingdom as we talked about at first. And when Peter opened up the church in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles with power and Peter preached Christ and Him crucified, those who heard Acts chapter 2 verse 37 were pricked in their heart. That day Peter had the key to their heart. The gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That same key, the master's key, can open up hard hearts today. They asked, what shall we do? In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, the answer is the same today. Repent and be baptized. Go through the open door. The door's been opened for you. Go through the open door. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The master's key was used. The door is open. What are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord as together we stand and sing.